Hello, Almost Heinous listeners. So there's a few audio snafus over the next few episodes. We've been trying out some new solutions to give you guys a better listening experience. And in that situation uh, that we put ourselves into voluntarily, we've inadvertently caused uh, a little bit of skipping sounds as well as uh, some disjointed listening. So uh, my sincerest apologies for that. But other than that happening for maybe 15 seconds the episode is exactly what you'd expect so enjoy This is George Elrod. And this is Steve motherfucking Han. And um, we're here today with someone that um, uh, I, I, uh, I, I was gonna, I was thinking how I was going to introduce her. And I was like, well, she's my, I call her Tia Bear, which is like a bit we came up with during Bob Curry. Because I call Yaz Auntie Bear. And they're both like a duo in my mind. But they're, yeah, like but, two aunties. Two aunties. Actually, I was going to do another bit, but I guess I'll just introduce her as that. She's so talented. She's in Matt Damon Improv. <gasps> um, we'll talk about that more in a little bit, I'm Lutter. sure. But please welcome Anna Silva. Yay! I just imagine like wild applause from like we'll someone it. sitting on their toilet. <laughs> oh, yes! If you're listening, start cheering. Like rewind 15 seconds and start cheering as you listen. And then text me immediately after. Steve loves uh, giving instructions to people in the room that are like, like, all right, now so and so, if you're listening, clap your hands and stop your feet, girl. I think acting all together and just be a director. I mean, that's why we started this podcast too, is to reveal truths about ourselves. And How therapy even exists? It's like it has nothing to do with someone telling you something. You have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. Yes. Right? And then you say that a lot, but true. It's true. <laughs> anyway, um, we're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having oh, me. It's such a delight. I missed you both so much. And yes. I haven't seen you in years. Years. Uh, it Back was when horror. we did Bob Curry. Now that we're Back. old. Now that we're old. We <laughs> are. Congrats to the new Bob Curry member. Congratulations. I'm sure there would be some sort of announcement by the time this comes out. Uh, One would think. Nope. One would think. But if, you, if you're listening and you got it, we see you. We feel you. Congratulations. We know, we know you. Welcome to the BC fam. Um, so we asked you to bring in your guilty pleasure. So let's just start there. Yeah, Miss Anna. Okay, I have two. So I'm going to do the first one first. And if we get to the second one, that's amazing. But uh, guilty pleasure. I should have done more research before. But um, y'all, I love me some Pitbull. Pitbull. I love Pitbull. No. Oh my God, I have to get away from the mic. I am screaming. I know, and I knew I, I knew there was going to be some sort of that reaction. I can't help it. Let me tell you, it I'm all started. I'm quitting this podcast. <laughs> if you listen to my old stand-up on YouTube, I literally have a bit about Pitbull. Are you serious? A bit full, oh no. Oh my God. We will get to that stand-up plug in a bit. I... Our producer just pulled it up. Oh get that away from, he pulled up a, a zoomed-in picture of Pitbull's face. I'm getting acid reflux. Hold on, I'm, I'm okay. shocked. Explain okay. yourself. Okay, please, please, okay. Please. first platform. of all, first of all, it's not a sexual thing. Like, I, I, sure I, I do not find him attractive. I don't find him attractive at all. But, but with Pitbull, first of all, Fireball, Fireball, that song, is the reason why I got to my, my sophomore year. And I, it, when that song came out, we did this thing called the Fireball Challenge, where you took a shot of Fireball every time he says Fireball in the song. He says Fireball eight times, but it's in a three-minute span. Yeah. Miss thing, I was not, I was vomiting till 
8 a.m. the next day, and we started at 4 p.m. the day before. So I hate that song because of that. Steve, that's my why own you, fault, though. Why are you blaming Pitbull for your own mistakes? But Hannah. he 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 incites <laughs> that kind of knowledge. Also, someone told me one time because I'm from Florida. Someone said, "You know, Pitbulls are um, banned in Miami because of dog fighting." But in my mind, I was like, oh, "Is Pitbull banned in his own city?" And I was so happy. And then I found out it's the dog. So anyway, those are my Pitbull <laughs> anecdotes. Anna, I uh, I am. First of all, thank you, Steve, for being so brave. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your truth, Steve. Thank you for your this truth. is a brave it's space. Brave it's not a safe space, space, but it's, it's a brave, brave space. space. Thank you. Oh, God. I do love that term. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Anna, wait, I really want to... You took Zuba classes here? No, not in Chicago. Okay. No, I was in LA. I okay. was in Los Angeles where I went to school. Oh, West Coast. Okay. Yeah, okay. West Coast, West Coast. Uh, um, yeah, no, I went to school in LA. And that was part of it, too, is because I grew up very, like... I grew up in Portland, right? right? So there were not a lot of me anywhere. Uh, I don't think I, other than the few Brazilians I knew that were like friends of my dad's, I didn't know other Latinos until I moved, or Latinx individuals, until sure. I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. And even in that, like, it was still coming from a, a very much like white upbringing. Right. And so when I was like discovering this part of myself, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like there's so much missing in terms of my identity and like all of these things. But, and Pitbull. Well, okay, but okay, here's the thing. It was like Zumba in general that sure. started all that and living in LA where there's a lot of like Latinx individuals and it's like a melting pot, which is super fun. Uh, but Pitbull is definitely one of the things that like, I just, it's so good. He has so many really good songs. <laughs> so many. I will say, I do like Give Me Everything. You see, I'm not quite versed in his, um, his, or, or what, do, what do you say? That his, uh, his, uh, canon. His, canon. his body of the work. Pitbull canon. His the the body of canon. work. His body of work, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I do like Fireball. I will say that I did go to a wedding this weekend and we did play Fireball and it, Timber. Yes, Timber's oh, a good one. I actually really Timber's, like Timber. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna. I. I. You can edit out all this dead space, but I'm gonna pull up. I was listening earlier today. <laughs> um, I was listening earlier today about uh, on Amazon Music. I don't know if I can say that on this. Some people are like, you can't say those things out loud. We're not. We have no sponsors. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. We sponsor ourselves. Uh, really. And we, I was. We support ourselves. There are so many. Uh, time of our lives. Fireball, Pitbull, uh, or Pitbull is the person. Yeah, I'm Hold looking on. at all this. Timber, We Are One, oh, Rain Over oh, Me. Oh, Ole Ola. That's a major Brazilian one. Claudia Leche's on that track. Okay, okay. You know so what? So I hear you. I see you. This is going to be, I'm okay, this is not the same, but I'm going to try to relate to you about this. So I feel the exact same way, and I get the exact same reaction that you get about the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> I love the black eyes. Okay. Black eyed peas are less controversial than Pitbull. Yeah. Yeah, but on the floor, Jennifer Lopez just had to throw that one out there too. I do love You're J -Lo. right. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's but, some good ones. But it's his verse in them that I usually skip over. I do skip I listen to I don't listen to On the Floor for Pitbull. I listen for the J Lo verse yeah. and the music video. And then I cut out all the parts of Pitbull. But but with the black eyed peas, I will say I'm so ashamed to admit this. My pump up song that I used because I was a competitive swimmer, my pump up song for anything, I didn't know it was called I got a feeling for a long time i called it the bar mitzvah song but i got a feeling is like my go-to song and i look at it with shame because 
It's the black eyed peas. I don't know. Maybe I have like a maybe. It's, I think it's a Florida I mean, thing where people are like, we don't like the black. Eyed I love peas. Pump It. Pump It is such a catchy song. Yeah, black eyed peas. I, I mean, I grew up in Arkansas, so also kind of void of any kind of taste. I mean, we all grew of void of taste. We grew up in the two thousands. But <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself. I'm just saying the eighteens really shaped my early childhood career. I think eighteens. The eighteens. Oh, Did man. you listen to them? Uh, I mean, they were on sometimes. Did you know, do you know the song Upside Down? How does it go? Upside down, dancing on the inside out. I think it's just so. To me, this almost feels like a like. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm just thinking about the theater right now. But like a Steppenwolf play, where of like like a like a woman that's trying to like find like like representation and voices and like the thing that she like holds on to is is this Zumba class and her listening to Pitbull. And, like, I just want this, but it's, like, dramatic and everyone's crying. <laughs> what? I will write that sketch for you because, Please. wow. No, 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 he doesn't want a sketch. He wants a two-act play. play. I want a two-act play. The whole two-act play. Well, it's, and, you know, and that's so funny. It's, Zumba, really? Zumba was really important to me for a very long time when I lived in L.A. Do you dance much? I don't. And that's, and that's one of the things, right, is I grew up very much, uh, I never got to dance. It was, my family just couldn't afford it. I, like, popped in and out of a ballet class when I was, like, four, but mm-hmm. that was it. And I always wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. And I went to, uh, you know, acting school. And so our, they offered, like, some exercise classes, and Zumba was a big part of that. And it was just like, oh, I can be sad. Because that's the other thing, too, is I'm a real late bloomer when it comes to, like, feeling sexy and, like, doing my thing. And I'm still trying to grow into it. But Zumba, like, really helped. And also, when I was taking Zumba classes at the LA Fitness with these ladies that were, like, all over the age of 60 and they were, like, getting into it, I was like, I want to be like that when I'm 60. Go off. This makes me so happy. This is one of the favorite, my favorite stories I've heard in months. (laughs) So much joy is, like, filling my heart of just, to be a fly on the wall of that Zumba studio and watching you get loose to Pitbull with these like mature women. Oh, it's, it's, I think I'm going to (laughs) cry. I miss doing it. To be honest, I, I have not done Zumba since I moved. Wow. I think since I moved from LA, which is a a, long time. A dance class together, like a hip hop class. Like I'm busy that day, but y'all go ahead. Steve, 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 come on. I'm not, oh, these classes exhaust me. I guess that's the point of them. Yes. How are you supposed to get better at doing any of these things unless you're like going? Yeah, it's a risk. The, you start out at a vulnerable place, and girl, you find something. Oh, mm-hmm. the, I, I've been to I've been to many a Zumba class, dragged to a Zumba class, not gone out of my own volition, and it's just not for me. I respect the art form, and I like watching Zumba rehearsals, but I just. I Zumba it, rehearsals? Also, Zumba rehearsals? Whatever they're called. Zumba, Zumba, Zumba auditions, Zumba, Zumba audition. callbacks, Zumba slates. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yes, I will be performing Timber. Oh, performing Timber by today. Pitbull featuring Kesha. And yes. Vine Step. Great Vine Step, Great Vine Step, Tap and Tap, Bad. Jasper. No, Don't but your I'm kicks. just. Your high kicks. I'm oh, just here. like, I just, I think I can't take myself seriously at them. I'm not. You're not supposed to. That's the thing. No, no, is. no, but people come, there's, you can commit silly, silly. I can't do that. Do you know what I, mean? I don't oh. know. Zumba is pretty low bar because mm. I, I danced in high school because my mom is a dancer and Zumba for me doesn't didn't, doesn't quite get it. I want something that's like a little more rigorous. Yeah, but like Zumba is just supposed to be. Okay, George, Zumba's low bar. I'm uh, sub basement. 
<laughs> I'm below the low bar. You know, I have seen Steve move, and although he might be holding back, I'd see a dancer in you. I know how to dance, like, for fun, but not, like... Steve, Steve, Steve. Wait, Zumba is not fun? Okay, Zumba's what not... is Zumba? What? what? I can what? dance, like, without, gonna, like, structure. We're... Unstructured, that's what unstructured? I meant. Unstructured? It is structured. That's they... what I'm saying. I'm saying Zumba's too structured for me. I can do, like, unstructured dancing. Oh, he wants unstructured. He's he's not a club. I'm a club, I'm a club, I'm a club goer. Although I did go clubbing this weekend, it was awful. So he's I guess I'm not kid. a club kid. You're a club kid? I'm a club kid. I'm a well, club. Those I Zumba moves the club can help you with the club. Huh? He went to a club with some of his friends. It looked too straight. I hated it. Was oh, it? it was a hundred percent. It's a it's a like a finance bro club, but I, I, it's the it's uh. this it's the it's the difference between the biggest difference between George and I's college experiences is like the friends that I made out of college, and most of my college friends are like straight finance bros. Yeah, well, it's he went to Chicago, and, and my why friends haven't are... you introduced me to any of them? You wow. really look. I I just in my mind, I think it's because um George and some of my other friends have such averse reactions to like how would I describe my college friends? Although you did meet um those my some of my college friends on the Brown Line that one time they were all coming to my house. And were you they and all Truman. finance people? No, they're all all of them are still in college, but they're probably going to go into finance. Yeah, but they're all women. They're all like charming, lovely women. They're all women of color, and they're all yeah, they're hilarious. Are all all they're my fun. friends, all my friends in college, I've realized are either like strong, powerful women of color, or um, <laughs> frail, straight white bros who are in finance that I've like um, whipped into submission with my words. <laughs> I need phone numbers immediately. Yeah, and I'll, I'll bring you. I'll bring it. To, Weak men are my weakness. I'll bring you to my. Um, <laughs> So they, I'll bring you to my next brunch with them. They all wear um, qu- they all wear quarter zips, um, and they all unironically wear shorts with whales on them, and they're all named Chad, and they all work at Deloitte as consultants. Don't what, know, is it, what is what is that Deloitte? One? Deloitte. What is, what is it's, like, it's a, a, a second tier consulting firm. Je ne, je ne sais pas Deloitte. What's this German? Vineyard Vines. They all shop at Vineyard they Vines. They all unironically shop at Vineyard Vines. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I went to college with these people. So I think because it was my first time where I got to experience, like, my true identity in college. And the, the thing is, they're all, like, liberal. So they're, like, accepting and cool. And some of them are on the queer spectrum. But they're, like, still, like, would rather date women. But they're all, like, straight yeah. white bros. So they're, like, liberal straight white bros. But they like gravitate towards the bro culture just because that's like what you Chicago is. But they're not inherently that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll set you up with one of my friends oh my from God, college. Please. I hear it. It's like charming. I grew up. I feel like in that culture. And as much as uh, like my first rebellion against it was like, no, like down with that, like you basic ass people. It then just became kind of criticizing people that I don't quite understand. Like I, I just like wanted to project my own insecurities against sure. them. But now I've like learned to just be like, oh, good for them, not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's it's a really interesting culture. I think it's a really interesting thing. Sorry we're like moving this conversation, but I was just talking about this with um, a cast for a show I'm in right now about like the like fucked up nature of elite universities in um from like the university standpoint, but also like the culture that it like perpetuates in these like Ivy League or Ivy League plus schools. And it's just like this crazy bubble that you live in that like, I look at people like when they first start college, because especially because I was an RA, I like move these kids in and I see what they're like when they first move in. Almost all of us are like not from rich schools or stuff like that. And yet when we leave, we have all like a lot of us have the cadence of people who like grew up in really affluent neighborhoods, blah, 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 because like, those voices are just the strongest and it just permeates out. So these kids are just like, they just, like, and part, I just, I've adopted some of these. There are some habits that I do that like 
are of that of like the those I see around me. I think because of how immersed I've put been put in the comedy community, it's like changed like I've obviously adopted some of them, but a lot of these kids adopt these like this really problematic culture of like um class I wouldn't say classes. It is classes. It is classes, so mm-hmm. it really is. Well yeah. and that's assimilation. That's a survival tactic that's been used forever. Mm-hmm. I think about that all the time because I since I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in a very white area, uh my mother was white, it was one of those things that uh in order to not stick out, you have to try so hard to seem like everyone else. And that's one of the things with like microaggressions, especially now that like there's a term for it. I've been doing a lot of my own, like looking back at my life and, and being like, oh, that was a microaggression that was done against me that I had no idea because I was trying so hard to not stand out in that way. Sure. And when you, like, you have no control. So when you're in an environment where you already feel uncomfortable, like going to a college where, you know, there's this, uh, like, I don't know, this air of, like, prestige mm-hmm. that you have to live up to. People have to work so hard just to feel like they baseline fit in or like try to hide in order to like not stand out in a way that will make uh, it difficult for them. Also on top of that, it's not even like they want to like not stand out. The thing is like, if you go to a school like you Chicago, the expectation is you stand out because like we admit people who like, stand out or whatever. But standing so, out in a positive way exactly. as opposed to standing so, out of like something you can't control. Exactly. So their expectation is they want to stand out but they want to stand out in every aspect. So then they'll assimilate to stand out in that way. Mm-hmm. Two things I wanted to say. One is that um, uh, Anna said that she grew up in a really white neighborhood. If you don't know she looks like she's very obviously not white. So. <laughs> oh yeah. I should let, let everyone know. I'm, she, I'm a Jewzillion. I'm half Jewish, half Brazilian. <laughs> yes. My dad's uh, from Brazil. I'm first gen Yeah. In so the she's US. like very not white. The second thing is um, have you seen the TV show Dear White People? Yeah. I um, saw the movie. I did not see the TV show. Okay, the movie is um, really different. It has a really different era. But the, I just the, saw the first two episodes. The oh. TV show, I highly I highly recommend it. I, it has its problems. I think everyone, like, you can criticize a show that, like, tackles such a deep issue, like, internalized co- collegiate racism. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's going to be issues with it. I really enjoyed the show. I think partially because there was something that happened on our campus that was really similar to the... Um, to the thing that Dear White People, the incident that Dear White People is based on, it, it's all about like a racial incident that happens in a college and like how the college reacts to that and something like that, like extremely similar to that happened at U Chicago to the point where the director and producers came to U Chicago and like did like a talk back with students to prepare the movie, I think. And so I was watching the TV show and that they do this like like this narrator thing and you've seen it if you've seen the first two episodes of like them panning over the school and there's this like narrator that ends up being a character but there's this narrator with a really deep voice who just like talks about all like the bougie of the school and they do like s- slow motion like still shots of all the students in the various houses and it's exactly like Chicago it's and I was watching and people were like schools aren't like this like some of my friends back at home who went to the University of Florida were like this isn't what schools are like but like I liked it and I was like no Miss Thing this is like exactly to a T what you Chicago is like you know I'm I part of me is still so fascinated with that culture too because like coming from myself I grew up in like Little Rock and we grew up in that kind of social climbing air of Little Rock like I was try to be an overachiever and in many ways in high school I almost like viewed myself as one of those like Ivy League students. I applied to a lot of them then I found out I was um overwhelmingly mediocre uh, mediocre and then they said no you're quirky go to DePaul. But anyways there's still this like fascination it's like a, it's like a lust for that kind of culture and I think it is something that's like 
based in class and based in wealth and based in access. Yeah. That's still so attractive. Well, it's yeah, oh, sorry, oh, No, I mean my uh my whole uh, upbringing, my parents wanted me to go to an Ivy League school so badly. Right. The thing was that we just didn't have the resources. I Well, I don't think that was the only thing. But, like, part of it was I had a huge That's lack a huge of part resources. Of it. That's a huge part and of it. I, I mean, I was a QuestBridge scholar. I graduated valedictorian. You're a QuestBridge? Yes, I'm a QuestBridge wow, scholar. Wow. That's a, uh, in case you don't know what that is, it's very prestigious. <laughs> and it's very cool. It's a yes, really it cool is. program. They flew me to Stanford and let me listen to a bunch of people tell me how important their schools were. And then I didn't go to a single one of them. Um, uh, but a big part of that was I didn't have the access to resources to be able to test into those schools. I think with, you know, proper uh, proper education in terms of being able to study specifically for the SATs, which is a test that if you don't know how to study for it, you you will not get better. But if you do not study for it, which is the smallest difference, but it is expensive, it's the easiest test. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like you just this, have to learn how to take shift. the test. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, and I have a a lot of, of uh, in myself, like a lot of what would my life be if I had gotten into one of those schools because I had the makings of potentially being one of those people, but I wasn't. And then to go completely to the opposite side and end up going to like an acting school that was basically the movie Fame. I mean, I went to like one of oh, those but what, schools. What good music that came from it, that from that movie. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. What's that one, the most famous song from it? Fame. Fame. Okay, what's the second most famous song from it? I don't know. Everybody just thinks of fame. (laughs) (laughs) But Out Here on My Own. That's from it, isn't it? There are blank stares. Yeah. From Uh, Orange and I. How's it go, Steve? Out here on my own. Because when I'm down and feeling blue. I close Aww. my eyes and I live into you. Oh, baby. So what about access? And, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, and access to education is so incredibly important. And I, I, you know, there are some days where I just like, I feel like, oh, what my, what would my life have been like if I had gotten into Harvard or if I had gotten into Yale sure. uh, or had actually written Oberlin an email and been like, hey, I actually want to go here. Because I thought I was going to go to U Chicago or Northwestern. Northwestern mm-hmm. was my number one. And when I didn't get into those, I was like, okay, damn. Well, it's fine. I'll go to DePaul for acting. And when I didn't get into DePaul acting school, I was like, oh, well, damn. I guess I'll go to Southern Methodist University, which is a fine school. Um, uh, but then I was like, no, I want to go to Chicago to be a comedian. And I did. And it's like so I am so happy for that because then I had to completely kind of reestablish what I had envisioned the next four years of my life to be as in studying not acting, but in a school I really like a, a area I really wanted to be. And like I created this network of people of these like fun, loud queers that then became kind of a huge part of my identity, and my experience for the next four years. But like what it, like still underlying that is like the damn. But what if do you guys believe in the law of attraction and then like like the secret and everything and like yes i do believe in i do believe in the secret i don't think i necessarily believe in like the law of attraction but i do believe okay. in the, i do believe in like secreting things refresh so, me okay so basically there's this idea of like the universe is giving you whatever it is that 
like you want or you need and you don't have to think about it every single moment of every day but you have to like live in it that like mm. you're already experiencing this now I'm not like 100% like I'm the secret manifested inside of me sure. any of that Oprah but... is that you? <laughs> Oprah <laughs> knock knock Oprah uh, no but but I very much am of the belief that whatever is meant for you will come to you and you are exactly where you need to be so I was never supposed to get into one of those schools because this is where I'm supposed to be and this is what I was supposed to be doing. And I mean, there is, you know, some version of the universe where, like, I did go to an Ivy League school and I still ended up coming to Chicago to become a comedian. Right. But, I 100% right? agree with that because I think a lot about... Uh, I, I talked about this with a lot with George, like, in the summer. And I, I like, think a lot about... Because I think, like... Because I had really bad imposter syndrome going through Bob Curry. We talked about this on the day two when we did those wall sits, and my thing that I broke down about was imposter syndrome. And so I really got imposter syndrome going through Bob Curry, especially because I was just like really new into the scene, and I was just like thinking about it, and I was like, is this meant for me and everything? And I th- was thinking about it even more, and I was like, wow, I chose to go to U Chicago like actively, and I was like, I chose to go to U Chicago, and it put me in Chicago. And then I like looked back, and um, you know, how Facebook does it like one year ago, two years ago thing. Yeah. And I found the status where I was trying to give up my um, music improv class that I got into my senior spring, like, because I bid for it and I got placed into it. And I have this status, um, I, like, screenshot it because it was, like, assessing me, like, I can't do this class because it meets once a week, like, an uh, inconvenient time for me and I don't want to do it. And um, someone, like, commented, uh, like, no, do it. Like, I think it'll be really good for you. And I, like, ha- I hated improv going into this class because I auditioned for both of my improv teams in, at UChicago, which are, like, are super serious collegiate yeah I've, teams. I've heard of them yeah and they um they're super serious and they both like rejected me like didn't give me a call back or anything so i was like fuck improv i'm bad i'm bad at this i don't want to do it and i like i'm so glad that i took this class and everything just happens like for a reason i agree and so i like and i think that if i had done these groups or if i had done improv earlier in college i would have been burnt out by the time yeah i graduated college just like knowing me i like would have because that because i would have blended that like my feeling towards improv with like the stress I was going through just as being a college student and so then I would have been like I don't want to do anything that I did in college so honestly yeah everything happens for a reason I agree I mean I used to romanticize it a lot um, especially when I first moved to Chicago because I didn't get into the acting school and then I found out that all the acting students at DePaul were had no free time and so they lived in the biggest city it was a conservatory so they lived in the biggest city one of the biggest cities in the world but um in the world but they had no time to do the things that i would have been interested in like second city and io and then i did have that time so i got to be you know one of the youngest people to be on a herald team and i got to be in bob curry and george just so you know he has like 10 hairs coming out of his little hat right now that he keeps flipping. They keep flipping oh. back and forth. And I'm like, what are you flipping? I will say, though, with that being in mind of, like, you are where you're supposed to be, part of me doesn't necessarily mean, think that's by some kind of, like, di- divine intervention, but almost by you accepting the resources you have and, like, one friend said it so beautifully. It was mo- mostly when, like, there uh, we had to do a show with this guy that we do not like. He is a disgusting person. Let's name him Chad. Let's name him Chad. And uh, she told me, like, George, don't worry about it. Like, well, she said, like, like we are more than the show. Um, just remember that being present is taking up space. Like, if you are present in the moment, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. Let me take up all the space I can right now. Because I love that. I, I also, I think... We're talking about a lot of like positive things, but I also think 
when bad things happen too, it's kind of the universe moving you in the direction that you're supposed to be moving. Mm -hmm. Because I see a lot of the times when I get rejected or when I don't get something that I really, really wanted or, you know, something in life happens circumstantially that... I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about things that I'm canceling. But uh, these things happen in our lives and they're like huge redirects. And you're like, oh my God, I thought this was a for sure thing. What's happening in my life? Uh, And then all of a sudden something else comes around the bend and you're like, oh, if I had gotten that other thing or if that other thing had happened, my life would be nothing like what it is today. Right. And it's, it's sometimes like a blessing in disguise. I think that a lot when I get on planes or like my plane gets canceled or I miss a flight, I'm like, what if that flight is like, what if Al Qaeda's on that flight? And then what if that flight like okay, well, that's... dies? And then like, what if I had died? Okay, you know what I mean? That's your um, obsessive thoughts coming in. Okay, but I think it's like, what? what is Al Qaeda up to? I haven't heard from her in a while. Anyway, yeah, okay. So... Is they, said, they said MAGA's taking care of it. So wow, we can take honestly, a vacation. Topical. And um, this is a great place to take a break. So we'll be right back. What's good? Hi. And now back to this bitch that didn't fucking like and subscribe to us. Listener, what's good? That's my Nicki Minaj character. Anyway, okay, hi. We, this is another ad. We do this shit for free. And I know we keep saying that every week, but I don't think you understand what zero, what free 99 really looks like from our perspective. Y'all, you can at least follow our private accounts too. You know, we like personal attention follow me at gel rod yeah this ad has become an ad now not for you just liking <laughs> and subscribing to our fucking podcast but to liking and subscribing our content is my twitter is at exo gossip george i changed it recently the fans love it so just like this is for free you know how long it takes to get to this studio it takes not that hours. long actually it takes me hours days. yeah we're we're in neighbor thrill right now okay so we have to get on a bus or a train and we have to go all the way yeah we have to yeah anna Silva's here for this ad and we're, we have to row a boat think pocahontas right before she goes down the waterfall where the raccoon's freaking out okay? i'm exhausted it's i uh, we're doing this for free so go like and subscribe pause this go scroll down and then or you can do it during the same time go subscribe to us or whatever the button is and just give us a five-star rating only one of you gave us a, a review it was a very nice review whoever it is i don't know who you are but thank you but just give us like, a, just say something. Isn't that so hard right now? In the- What's around the riverbed? That was Anna. This is the first time we've ever let a guest on our ad. That was a fucking treat, okay? So, go subscribe. Bye. Like, bye. Hey, and hi. we're back. Uh, great. Um, so, now we're going to get to our favorite, sec- my favorite segment, which is the cancel segment. So, you're canceled. Canceled. Great. George, you want to start us off today? What are you canceling? Yeah, I'm canceling poor internet because if you're a member of the Chicago community right now, you understand why. Um, Wait, what? I don't, I don't understand. Oh, it's just, it's just, it was showcase season and there's so many links being sent around. Oh, oh okay. And um, signups are happening in three minutes and I guess the work that people do outside of them means nothing. So Say it again for the people in the back. Means nothing. You hear that, people in the back of the car? You know what? I do this for exposure, and I'm okay with that. So I am saying cancel poor internet just because I am the product of my generation, and I have to be plugged in at any time, and I'm just going to lean into that. And just say, like, I demand access and information constantly. Well, you know, it's funny. So I do a, I, I do this. My part-time job that I do is admissions consulting for kids in China where I help, like, I, I help kids get into Ivy League schools in China who sometimes don't speak any English. 
You say that like you're not already speaking to them in Mandarin. I don't. You I speak to them in English. Oh, you do? But sometimes I have to get a translator. Uh, yeah. Is your Mandarin that good? No, it's conversational. That's what I thought. Oh, okay. It's conversational. I can like order things at a, at a restaurant and then they're like, wow, are you Chinese? And I'm like, por qué? So. You answer them in Spanish. Yo hablo español. No, my Spanish is way worse. So um, so these kids just don't speak English, which to me seems unfair that I'm sending kids. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. Anyway, so there's, um, there's this, uh, this kid that emailed me five times in three hours mind you during a time difference right there's a 14 hour time difference between me and Beijing so he emailed me a bunch of times because he was freaking out that I um, hadn't like um, he asked me what is an essay and I was like <laughs> so he didn't respond yeah. right away when I got the email and then he emailed me five more times while I was like out of rehearsal and then I checked and I was like and the thing is like they're allowed to complain and so then if they complain that I get in trouble and I've already gotten in trouble because I've like not responded to things mm. right away because I'm not always plugged in so it seems like he's is upset about that but what I'm telling you is that I'm that kid I, I'm that child that's demanding <laughs> so demanding constant a constant feed of, of, of a good channel and network and just constant... I'm the internet I'm Comcast and you're the consumer yes I'm okay. the consumer I'm gonna consume it and I'm canceling poor quality of that because I... I'm at a low point right now and I need that yeah I second that uh, my day job is literally all internet all the time you just uh, really cool stuff though yeah my I mean my job's pretty dope but uh, if our internet is down then I can't do my job at all. Uh, I teach coding to children and we have really cool, the whole studio space is amazing and like we have these incredible lights that we're able to move with code and the kids absolutely love it. But if our app is down, I can't do anything. And the worst part is I'm the only performer at my job. So they all turn to me and they go, Anna, you know improv games, right? So when the internet is down, I have to do my work at my work. Yeah. And I'm tired. How yeah. um, often is this? I feel like. Internet same... down? It's a startup. It happens often. Damn. Oh. I know. It's 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 a drag. But well, yeah. S- Steve, what are you canceling? Oh, I was going to ask a, a follow-up for you. Were oh. you. It was the internet. Did, did it end up getting fine? No, people were just too eager. Honestly, I don't quite. Who do blame... you need us to stamp? Stop. Not stamp. Stop. Uh, <laughs> Stop. Who do you need us to stop? You know what? I I don't stab anyone. Blame the system, not the players. I'm just saying, good luck, everyone. May the odds be everyone's favor, I guess. Look at uh, a real Effie Trinket right over here. That's her name, right? Effie Trinket? I can't remember. Um, Okay, one of my canceling this (laughs) week. I am canceling people who just name their favorite four artists and say... They should do a cover of Lady Marmalade from Moulin Rouge. Who? I'm, this seems like directed at a person. No, I've been seeing it for months now where people are just like, Britney Spears, Ariana Grande, Bibi Rexa, Rita Ora. They should do a cover of Lady Marmalade from <laughs> uh, Moulin Rouge. And I'm like, I'm just, it's just people trying to frame them saying how eclectic their music taste is. Not that eclectic. In uh, in a, in a, in a, like it's like a top five thing. It's like who's my who's in my Lady Marmalade. Yeah, but they're like who's in my Lady Marmalade. But they're trying to do it as like a like a quirky like um, I I know who um I know who Labelle is or whatever the name of the group was. And so I'm just like, can we not do this right now? <laughs> can you can you like can you just say I like these four artists? Like someone I saw someone I think they were making fun of everyone else that I was doing this. So if they were, 
good for them. They were like, I want Boney Bear, Disclosure, um, Aretha Franklin, and like some other per- like 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 um like shop Chopin or something in my Lady Marmalade. And I was like, I can't tell if you're kidding or not, but if you are, kudos. That yeah, was a that good joke. A good bit. <laughs> so I'm just canceling Lady people. Mama. That's my Boney Bear. <laughs> oh, I thought the funniest. Why is it so um warbly? I don't know. Maybe I just think Bonnie Bear is like a ghost. <laughs> the funniest just bit a I've seen. Ghost. I, the funniest bit I've seen about Bonnie Bear is him like falling asleep while he's playing his own music. I think mm, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. What someone did that? In... It was um. I think Jason Sudeikis does that bit. That's a great bit. Huh. That's a really good bit. But I love bit. Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> I don't know. I'm <laughs> nodding. I'm nodding in agreement. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just I'm canceling people. Like why? Like sure. I, I I I'm always like tempted to do those like my top five things like like asking a question like ask me what my favorite top whatever is and then like screenshotting that like Instagram story thing and do it because a lot of my friends Look, do it. I love a trend. I love a trend, but also I'm like, it's why? exhausting. <laughs> and you never want to be on the read this. You never want to be on the end of a trend either. As the front. I'm just like, just do, just make a podcast so you can talk about the shit that you want to. Because that's, basically this podcast is just us saying, these are my favorite versions of what you're talking about to our guest. So, so honestly, just make a damn podcast if that's what you want to do. Truly. Anna, what are you canceling? Uh, I'm canceling, mine's more serious and I feel no, most, bad. Mo- no, most no. of them are. Okay, most of them cool. Are um, I'm canceling body shaming in Good. all fucking yeah. forms. I, it's, it's so interesting to me how... Uh, progressive we as a culture have become and yet still some of these stigmas are so concretely uh, uh, just stuck in in our culture in our way of life and I'm so happy for like the body positivity movement Uh, but it's one of those things too where it's like you also have to be gentle with people who are like living with an entire lifetime of body shaming and like are trying to get over it but self-love people we gotta I'm saying this out loud for myself so I want to cancel all the body shamers. There are, there is a lot of it, especially, uh, I mean, I think like in the queer community, it's this crazy thing where like, um, there's this phrase that like, um, on like, uh, like accounts that people will always like that. I don't think they do it anymore, but I think it was more prevalent like a few years ago where it was no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Oh was, like, my a God. Common, a common like lumping and, um, and like. Gays as- love hate and gays love alliteration. <laughs> <sighs> repetition. 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 Oh yeah, I don't know. It's not repetition. Right. But it is repetition. It's repetition. It's pattern. Gays love patterns. Gays love patterns. Mm-hmm. Gays love. Hate. They love tessellation. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> but um, it's um, it's why so many of them go into interior design. Anyway, but I think it's just um, I, I, it's just it's crazy because it's it's uh for and we've talked about this actually. I remember mm-hmm. a conversation that we've had about this. Um, when we were walking to IO after I drove us there from some you me and Yaz. Oh, it's because we watched um that movie. It was after we watched the movie and we were walking to IO to like get drinks with some. I, do you remember when we went to go see a wrinkle in time? Anyway, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also saw Crazy Rich Asians together. We yeah, seen yeah. a lot of movies together. Anyway, oh. so so um, okay. we were walking back and we, we were talking about body shaming and it's a, a sometimes it's like this weird thing that's honestly really perpetuated by like immigrant families for at least for me like it's a real big thing and a lot of it comes from like the queer community um which is like everyone's got it everyone's got Mm -hmm. it but like i think for me that one that like hits the heart i think it's because i identify i not like to like make this about identity politics but like i resonate a lot more with like my asianness than anything else that i identify as so like to like get it like bashed in the head by like the people that like look like you because like 
I mean, a lot of like immigrant com- communities, I think, are still like pretty conservative, mm-hmm. honestly. And so I think a lot of it does come to like to body body shaming. It's a huge yeah. thing, right? I think it's. I mean, it's just every which way, and especially too. I've been noticing when a lot of liberal people even like bring it up to try and talk about like the Trump administration or like people politicians they don't like. They're um, to me, it's like I don't really care if like that like old racist white man does look like a uh, you know a, a toe being stepped on, but because it's true. But um, and that stuff is fine to me. But it's like even people are so easy to like forget all that stuff to be like, oh, let me attack Sarah Palin for like how she looks and like do these like dumb low level jokes instead of me commenting about how she's a hateful liar. Mm-hmm. It's like go that first and then don't talk about body. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And I, like, I've been think I I think a lot about body shaming in particular because um, I don't know how familiar you are with, like, Korean standards of beauty. But, like, it's why the Korean, like, face mask industry is so big. And when I was 18, my uncle offered me as a graduation gift to get eyelid lifting surgery because, um, like, it's called Sankapur. And, and they'll give you folds. Yeah, it's, like, I'm doing it right. I'm trying to force it right now. Um it's like that, like like to have a double, like you you both have double lids. So like um like to like get my eyelids to look like that because like my eyelids are just like heavier, so they don't fold as easily. Although I did wear lashes the other day because I got put into drag and my lashes. And you looked so good. Thank you. So good. Thank you. And the lashes did fold my eye eyelids, so I was like maybe I should just wear lashes all the time. But mm. it's like this crazy thing where like Korea has the highest consumption of um like plastic surgeons. Like plastic surgery does extremely well. Botox mm-hmm. everywhere. And I, being Brazilian is so hard because Mm -hmm. people, when they think of Brazil, they think of soccer and they think of beautiful people. And it's so crazy growing up with that expectation. All of my cousins are stunning. Like my cousins were models and like athletes and like all of these things. And some of them are normal people, but they're all unreasonably attractive uh but i mean good on them because they're they're very they're whatever they're living their lives it has nothing to do with me but when that is like put on you by your family of like wow you're fat and not attractive at all like what happened it's it just stays in your brain forever and the other thing too is it doesn't matter what society tells you because it you are always going to be harder on yourself than anybody else could be yeah and one, like, small sting can carry with you for years. Oh, yeah. And especially if, like, you you hold that to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, finding out, like, what the truth is, um, what you want for, like, like, enjoying how you live and how you look. And that's probably the most beautiful option. And one thing that I just saw a meme a couple days ago was, like, um, uh, you're not unattractive. You're just not your type. And I was, like damn Hmm. damn because i think sometimes too when you know out in the dating sphere it's hard to believe sometimes when you are really down on yourself to be like nobody's gonna find me attractive because i don't find me attractive but it's like first of all those are the lies that are being sold to you so you'll buy products in order to quote unquote make yourself feel better or make yourself feel worthy by an industry that only cares about your dollars and not about your like self as a human and second of all People think you're hot 
all the time. They just don't say it out loud because we're all so embarrassed to talk about our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to, to really talk about, like, it'll, it'll say, like, it's a quick aside about Brazil specifically. I think Brazil is also crazy because of the amount of colorism that happens. 100%. That dove, that dove ad that got pulled of the white woman or the African uh, descendant woman uh, taking her shirt off and becoming a white woman, that ad is still in Brazil. I was there last year in February after it had been pulled from all of the Western magazines and everything, it was still in Brazil. I mean, I mean so um, China is a, so there's a similar ad where they take a black person, put it, put the, um, put him into the laundry machine, right. and then comes out and it's like a laundry detergent ad, and it comes out as like a like a Chinese woman. Oh it's my crazy. God. It's really, but with um, Brazil, I think it's really crazy. There is this um, beauty pageant. I think it's um, um, Miss um, Carnival. I think, and um, a few years ago, this like um, Brazil is home to the largest number of uh, people of African, like black people, and Af- of Af- specifically a black black African descent outside of Africa. And and this uh, woman, one, she's fully Brazilian. Her name is, um, I just looked her up, um, Nayara Justino. She's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. She won this thing. And if you win, it's like it's like the biggest pageant. It's like they're um, Miss Continental. It's like yeah. you like tour the country. You're like a role model. But because this, it was the first time that like a black Brazilian won it. Who, again, 100% culturally Brazilian. And um, people were so mad about it that they stripped her of her title. Mm-hmm. So Brazil uh, had the most slaves out of any country in the world had over 400 million slaves and had slavery longer than any other country. I think it was like 1865 or something like that, that uh, slavery was abolished. Uh, And there is so much colorism. When you watch their television shows, it is mainly white presenting people Mm -hmm. speaking Portuguese because I mean, it's still Brazil. Colonialism. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, and and when I whenever I go there, my uh, my dad's family is descended from like uh, slaves and also from like uh, indigenous uh, indigenous Brazilians, and so it. I'm sitting in a room full of people who are who are dark skinned, watching TV and hating themselves, and I'm just like, I'm done with it. I'm I'm so done. Yes, ma'am. Because we. We we put all of these, or society puts all of these strictures on ourselves. First of all, what we look like, and then it permeates into how we think, how we feel about ourselves, and we spend so much time and energy thinking about how we need to change ourselves in order to be mm-hmm. worthy that we have no time to actually experience our lives and flourish. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting, and I'm so tired. So Anna's canceling the self-hate, self-hate. Man, right? Canceling self-hate. Staying present and like allowing yes. yourself to like be your tr- true, authentic self. I and mean, that's canceling... not to say it can be easy, but it's... yeah, and canceling industries that perpetuate any sort of, of standard, any sort of standard. Yeah, negativity you. towards your body in order to be deserving. Cool. And so, it's hard. It's work. Sorry, I know no, no, we are no, running. No, 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 no. That's, This is a great, I think, segue to cheers on the some positive yes. energy. So cheers. Cool, George. What are you cheersing this week? Okay, so maybe different from body image and and institutional racism. I'm cheersing 
the slopes. <laughs> okay. I'm cheersing the slopes because I went Bye. to Colorado this weekend for the first time and I went skiing for the first He's time. He's wearing a Colorado I shirt. I have found right a now. new identity, everyone. And I a matching am hat. The a hat skier. matches. Are... I love to ski. I'm a snow bunny, ma'am. I am loving this. I am athleisure to my core. I am granola. I love the slopes. George, be honest with us. Are you doing, are you wearing all this stuff for a bit? That you're going to do at Comet at rehearsal? No, at rehearsal, yes. So I am wearing, um, for your listeners, I mean, I'm typically wearing like a, like a, like, I don't know, like a, 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 a yeah, a, pretty much a turtleneck. I'm constantly wearing a turtleneck. Or a sweater. Or a sweater. A knit sweater. A knit sweater, some kind of cable knit. I love my sweaters. Or but right now I'm no wearing logo. like hiking boots and a Colorado graphic tee. Oh, I hate myself. And a flat bill hat. It looks like it's for a bit. It, this looks like you're gonna, it's for a bit. It's because I was, yes, because I hadn't seen my friends in a while um, and we went to a coffee shop before so, and it was across the street so I had the option of like changing. So I changed and when I came back I was wearing all this hiking gear and I was like, hey, I haven't, got, haven't seen you guys in a while. Um, and then I just went straight from there to here. So I am in this hiking gear. It's my new identity. Yeah, I, I love the slopes. I talking about this. Oh, God. No, I mean, you just find yourself when you're going down that mountain. And like, I don't like skiing. We, we, we don't. Never, we, I don't no. think we've ever tried it, but we Okay, don't well, don't to. yuck my yum. <laughs> you're right, you're Live right. Live your best life, George. I'm happy you're happy. Thank you. Uh, I... A skier now. Okay, um, I'm choosing. Um, I'm choosing two things this week. My first one is um, my girl uh, Monet motherfucking exchange, a drag queen. Our next motherfucking reigning on RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars. She won. It's a, a double win, but I'm not gonna talk about that. She won. She her crowning look was an Afro Caribbean. She's from Saint Lucia, so she wore this Afro Caribbean look with like leaves on it, and she wore wooden jewelry instead of like metal jewelry and she had her hair the, her wig was like blonde braids turned into this like beautiful updo with like leaves on it and it was just like very unapologetically afro-caribbean and i just like love what she stands for she stands for body positivity she talks a lot about like just like loving her own body and it's just like she's everything and i've been standing her since day one and she motherfucking won that's my first cheers it was just like a shout out to her she also like i think she got a bot to like dm a, a couple of her followers today because i got a, i woke up to a message from her today like asking her like asking me like to download some like it wasn't a hack it was like a, like an actual thing that she's like promoting that she's been promoting but i was like how expensive was a bot to individually dm people that you I don't follow? know and can they do that for my improv shows not not that much not not that expensive okay our producer knows a lot more tech than i do uh, um, what's your second choice? my second cheers i'm choosing is um is a uh, ben platt's new album Ooh. Um, ben platt if you don't know is um the originator of the role of evan hansen on dear evan hansen he was uh benji i think in um uh pitch perfect um he is um very talented um he kind of got into the industry because his dad's a producer i think but whatever he's very talented he came out with an album recently he came out on the album through the through the album because it's a there's a lot of each single has like a music video as they do but the second music video is about his like relationship with like men and it's like a beautiful song and it, like um i had, like a pretty stressful week last week just because like there was like a lot happening and it, like it was, it's a really like mellow song that just helps and it's just like a really great album so i'm just promoting like good music all there's no like it's all voices and piano like he has like backup singers to like create, i'll listen like, to moves. it on the slopes i'll listen to it on the slopes 
So he uses his voices to back up, like like backgrounds. He gets to back, like like make soundscapes. But he only like he plays the piano and like accompanies himself, and it's just like a really beautiful piece of work. So I just I highly recommend it. If you're ever feeling down, just listen to some like mellow Ben Platt music. One and only Lizzo for the yes incredible single that was dropped. It's gonna be incredible. Cause I love you. That's coming out in April. And did you see her? Um, did you see her magazine shoot? Oh Body my suit. god! I, was like, oh, I love her. I love Lizzo her. Lizzo is everything. I saw her in concert for Matt Damon Improv, and she has been so important in my like own. Also, like just being a powerful woman of color, she's such an incredible influence. Valentine's Day. Yes. Did you see the music video too? Oh uh, yes, I did. Oh my! I was god. sharing about it all the time. Um, you think this is a bit, so... but I was listening to that song. So jokes on you too. We didn't or something. Good as hell is like my anthem. I love stuff. her. Mm-hmm. And um and Juice is my song that I play when I'm trying to calm down in the car because I'm afraid I'm about to get pulled over. She's everything that I like in like a musical artist. Mm-hmm. She is like. So silly, so powerful, very like her lyrics are beautiful, her beats are a bop, uh, but she's still like a goof. Mm -hmm. She's a fucking goof. So funny, so funny, so. We stand. We do. Truth Hurts, that video is so good, so funny. Her lyrics always feel like you're, (laughs) like, like a, a fun quote that you would find, like, where would you find like like in, like in a fortune cookie or like mm-hmm. in um in some kind of like in a dove promise yes you know oh it's so fun uh, water me is i think one of the songs that i i think will be like when someone asks me 10 years from now like what's a song that like defined your time in chicago and be like water me yeah 100% and i i don't have any tattoos but i think all the time about getting um i am my inspiration on my arm yeah because she is just she is everything and she like helps you find within yourself like all that you can be and damn that booty and i love that oh, booty that booty's she's... so good and i, I love, love that, that she booty. can twerk with playing the flute i mean twerk, she's just plays the flute she sings she raps and not only can she sing she can sing she can she's sing. got range she really she's got showed musicality that. she's got showmanship she's really everything talented. and she's a good human being yeah yeah. her her instagram stories i don't know if you've watched them but on days when she's not feeling like 100 percent, she will post the most inspiring videos about she's like i wasn't feeling good about myself today so i got completely naked and took some photos because i'm perfect and i'm like i love you she's so great and on that note i think there's a great place to um put a button on Oh, I we, guess. Uh, but we loved talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank we you hope for you had a good time. Miss Anna Silva, where oh. could we see you next? Where can you see me? Uh, I perform uh, with Matt Damon Improv every single week at The Annoyance. I'm also with Improvised Jane Austen, Baby Wants Candy. And if you don't have time to come all the way to Chicago to see a show, uh, I also starred in a web series called Diagnosis Boring. Mm. It is available on Vimeo and for free. Where can people find you online? Online. You can find me at at the Anna Silva Show on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and then if you want to find me on Facebook, I may or may not add you. I will add you if I know you. But Instagram and Twitter, at the Anna Silva Show. Very well, cool. Facebook's over anyways. Yeah, it is. Oh, and I've got a cool website too, theannasilva.com. Oh, she's got a website. She's got a website. I got a website. We don't. I don't. Do you? No. Okay. My friend made mine. Let me, let me know. I'll give you some details. No, my website's MailTube. <laughs> What's that? Uh, never mind. Is that a dating site? No, my mom watches this. Never mind. 
Uh, <gasps> I know. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I just kidding. put two and two together. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, George, where can people find you? Um, you know where to find me. <laughs> find me on Twitter, XO Gossip George. <gasps> and Steve, uh, where can people find you? Um, uh, I have a show opening up. Um, I I came up with the title. It's called Losing Control Alt Delete. It's at Second City. Check that out. Um, that's about it. Online, I don't post that much good content so honestly like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah he's more of like a theater man he's just like once you see him in the space you're just like oh my god who is this person who is yeah. this force like who is this energy <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I'm really theatery. anyway thank you so much for listening um we'll thank be back you. hopefully next week we don't know this posting schedule that we've been doing recently is it's because it was aquarius season which was very treacherous so um uh, thank you so much again like and subscribe and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye, Bye-bye. Almost Heinous is a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter at Almost Heinous and Instagram at Almost Heinous Pod. Cover art is by Jordan Stafford. Music is by Nathan Sandberg. Editing was by Dominic Guanzen. And this episode was produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. I mean, Steve and George were also in it. They were the hosts. You should follow them as well. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. The fuck is a knave?